Hello, and welcome to Unleash Your Inner Creative with Lauren LaGrasso. This is the show to help you make creativity the filter for your life, redefine your relationship with fear, take it out of the driver's seat, and step more fully into the essence of who you are, claim your right to have a dream, and take up space. And I want to talk about what's going on in the world right now, and definitively state, Black Lives Matter. And I want to talk about this because I think talking about anything else right now is irrelevant. So when I was thinking about this week's episode, I honestly wasn't even sure if I wanted to do one. I thought, why does my voice need to be out there? Honestly, really the only voices out there right now should be voices of black people. As I got deeper into my education and owning my voice as an ally and being a proactive ally, what I've come to learn from various social justice warriors that I follow and that are in my own life is that the only thing that's worse than saying something and regretting it or making a blunder and having to learn and going through all that would be silence because silence is being complicit in a system of injustice And you don't want to just speak out of ignorance. You got to educate yourself first. But once you educate yourself, you have to speak up. It is of vital importance. So I don't want to be a part of the problem. So I'm going to, I'm going to talk to you today um, as an ally. And these experiences and, and tips I'm going to share are from the viewpoint of somebody who is an ally and seeking to become a better ally. I want to get into it. You know I am a creativity, music, and media expert. And though I'm newer on my journey to becoming a true, proactive, Black Lives Matter ally, I want to share some of my experiences that I've had in my learnings and some resources that have been really helpful in case they're helpful to you. I want to talk about why shame is not a social justice tool and why talking to the people in your life is just as important as talking to people on the internet and doing posts. It's actually even more important engaging in those kind of conversations. So, you know, I want to charge you to contemplate why these conversations are so difficult for you. I've been doing that in my own life and it's a really important question to ask. And finally, some really important revelations I've had about why creativity is so vital to social change. So I want to talk to you about that and how important that is to cultivate in your life so that you can help be a part of the change to make our country truly equal. Um, And if you're not in the United States, please support us from afar. (laughs) Starting with the realization I had, this was when I was dialoguing with someone on Twitter. It was last week, right after the protests in Minnesota happened. And I was replying to a comment that somebody left to Donald Trump. It was right after he had called the protesters in Minnesota thugs. And somebody had sent a tweet to him with two different images. One was the protesters here in Michigan, where I live right now and where I'm from. And they were white men with AK-47s screaming at cops. And Trump called them very good people. By contrast... The people in Minnesota, many of them were black and literally fighting for their right to live, protesting for their right to be alive. 
and he called them thugs. And so somebody had written something hateful back to them. And so I wrote back to that person why he believed that what Trump had said was correct, that the people in Michigan were good people and that the people in Minnesota were thugs. Granted, the people in Michigan were protesting because they couldn't get a haircut. The people in Minnesota were protesting because they couldn't go outside without fear of being shot dead by the person who's supposed to protect you, the police. So I wrote back to that person Basically that. I mean, you know, the people in Michigan, the reason why that this assessment of what's going on in both states is incorrect is because the people in Michigan were protesting their right to get a haircut and the people in Minnesota are protesting because they can't go outside without being afraid that somebody's going to kill them. And I do have a lot of different followers on Twitter. I definitely engage with all of them. They're are some people who are more left-leaning, some people who are more right-leaning. I have this one follower who is conservative-leaning, and him and I dialogue a lot. We always keep it very respectful. We don't do name-calling. We just state our opinions. We very rarely agree, but I think for him, maybe I'm one of the only liberal people he interacts with who doesn't judge him. And for me, I mean, I do have some conservative people in my life, but I think weirdly enough he's probably the conservative person I engage with the most and at least like I engage with other conservative people but we haven't talked enough about our political views and why we believe what we believe but he couldn't get out of his head how is it all right because there are people in Minnesota who are burning things and so what I charged him to do and and before I get into that I've heard a lot of people say that, and I just want to call out one thing. I heard Jessica Lignado say this, and I thought it was just the perfect way to state it. If you are more disturbed by the destruction of property than you are the destruction of human life, then you need to reexamine your priorities. So that's number one. But number two, with this person I engage with on, on Twitter who was challenging my support of the protesters... I asked him to imagine what it would be like to be born black in America. And I went through this long thing. I mean, I talked about epigenetics and how epigenetics is really fascinating. It says that we not only carry the DNA from our ancestors, but also the trauma, the emotional trauma. Imagine having the emotional trauma of people who were brought to this country by force and then generations of slavery and then systemic mistreatment and then it never gets better and every time you go outside you're afraid you're going to get killed and you've seen countless family members and friends and loved ones either be brutalized or come close to that and so imagine what that would feel like wouldn't you be a little bit angry and could you imagine being so angry that you wanted to destroy something. Because if I allow myself to engage with that and to really feel that fullness of what that could entail as much as I possibly can from my own human experience, I can imagine that. And I don't like violence. I don't condone violence. But I care more about human lives than things. And this person couldn't imagine it. He um, he kept going. And I mean, at the end, he said something positive. Let's just pray that there's peace soon. I pray for that too, but I don't want peace without progress. We can't have 
peace without progress because that's false peace. But anyway, it was that moment that really made me realize that creativity is not only a vital skill to living a soul-fulfilled life and to being financially viable in the age of computers. It's also a really necessary social justice tool. Because without creative thinking and imagination, it's impossible to think about what it might be like to be another person. And without that, you can't have empathy. And without empathy, that when, when there's a lack of empathy, that's when true cruelty occurs because you're looking at somebody as less than human, as less than your experience. And that's how we can allow ourselves to get deeper and deeper ingrained in systems of injustice. And so making creativity the filter for your life isn't just something that is for your soul or higher purpose or financial viability. It's also vital to social change. And I think if you're an ally, that's a really good thing for people you're dialoguing with who are saying some unsavory things to challenge them to think about what it would be like to be black in America. It's hard to make someone take that to heart when you're they're reading. I don't even know if you've read all the tweets. I mean, I tweeted out like seven tweets to him. But whenever I've had a similar dialogue with someone in my immediate life, that has seemed to get through. That said, one thing I mentioned is that shame is not a social justice tool. This is something that I got words for from Brene Brown. She talks about it on her show quite a bit. But it was something I was really having a realization about at the end of last year because I was thinking how divisive our world has gotten and how we have just separated ourselves into good guys and bad guys and how infrequently anybody changes because you call them a bad person. Because then they go into shame and their guard gets up and you can't make any meaningful change from a place of shame because you're completely entrenched in your ego. And so the only way to make meaningful change, I believe, is curiosity, empathy, and truth. And so when you're approaching these really difficult conversations with yourself too, because guess what? It's really painful to do this work yourself. It's so necessary. Like I would rather feel whatever pain I feel a million times over than have one more black person die at the hands of the cops. But it's not easy. And so the only way you can do it and you can really make a meaningful change within yourself and within others is to approach this work with curiosity, empathy, and seeking the truth. Because nobody changes because you point a finger at them and say, you're bad. You're a bad, bad person. They might feel bad and make a momentary change, but you're not going to make lasting change from that. So just keep that in mind. The other thing is and I do want to talk about some things I've been doing to become a better ally and share them. If you're seeking to become an ally, share them with you as well. One of the things besides getting educated I've been doing is having really tough, heartfelt, heated conversations with the people I'm close to. The revolution is not just in the streets and online. It's also in your own house and the houses of the people you're close to. And realistically, you're going to be most able to make change amongst the people who you know and care about in real life. And here's the thing to think about. A lot of people avoid these conversations. I can think of times when, you know, 
older people in my life had said things in the past where I gave them a pass because they were old. Or I'd said like, you know, you can't say that, but I didn't go into it with them and really explain why it was wrong. But here's the thing to think about with these conversations. Your minor discomfort for a few minutes or a few hours or a day could save somebody's life. So it's really not negotiable. You have to put yourself in these uncomfortable situations because if you allow yourself to sit in that discomfort and to have these kind of talks, you can really change hearts and those hearts can save a life down the road by not engaging in racial profiling, calling the cops, and then potentially putting a terrible situation on a black man or woman. So some things I've been doing, there is a really great resource. It's probably the best one I've found so far. It is part of Black Lives Matter. Um, it's in the bio on my Instagram page, but if you want to just type it in, it's Black Lives Matters with an S at the end, dot card, C-A-R-R-D dot co. And this page is amazing. It's got all kinds of resources, ways to educate yourself, sign petitions. A friend of mine told me he signed like 10 petitions just from this one link, ways to text or call to make a change. There's also like if you click text or call, I don't know why it doesn't say that on there, but it, it also helps you email within, it was actually like under 10 minutes, I sent out four separate emails to get justice for George Floyd. There's also something great on there for Breonna Taylor. I mean, there's like literally like pre-written letters. So all you have to do is add your name in it and then you send it off. They make it super simple. And honestly, there's no excuse not to do it. It's just so easy. There's ways to donate on this. There's uh, places to find out about protests. Like I said, there's FAQ, education, and, oh, there's missing people threads. I mean, it, it's really pretty amazing. So I definitely recommend you check that out. That's been a great resource. I've also been listening to podcasts about it. The Intersectionality Matters podcast is incredible. Today, there's also a podcast that's launching on the show I produce, Unlocking Us with Brene Brown. The guest is Ibram X. Kendi, and he wrote the book, How to Be an Anti-Racist. I actually just bought that on Apple Books. I think, too, amplifying black voices, whether that's amplifying black voices that are talking about social justice or amplifying black voices that are just amazing voices. I'm, I'm having my friend Tori actually come on my Instagram live this weekend. She's an incredible singer-songwriter. She, um, she works with me at, at the company I work at where I produce. And so she's going to come on and sing some songs. So I'm giving her my platform to do that because I think her voice deserves to be shared with more people. And I'd like her to take over my Instagram and like I said, if it's hard for you to talk about, which if it is, you're probably doing it right. It should be hard. This is heavy. This is sad. This is years of systemic racism and unpacking within ourselves. Um, you might want to think, meditate, or journal on why it's so hard for you to talk about race. And I had to ask myself that. I'm still in the midst of it. You know, it's like, I think in times past, I've been afraid to say the wrong thing. I've always stood up for what was right if someone was saying something racist or did something racist or was approaching it in a biased way. What I'm regretful of now and what I'm really seeking to do wholeheartedly now is be a proactive ally, not someone who just reacts when things happen, somebody who is actively working to make it better. 
I think I was doing that when the opportunity arose, but I wasn't seeking out opportunities. And so now the only way anything's going to change is if we're proactive, not reactive. So this is my commitment. Like I have to live with that regret that I didn't do it prior to this, but this is my commitment to say, black friends, I love you and I will never stop fighting for you. I see you. I hear you. I honor you. And I stand with you. This injustice will not and cannot prevail. And until Black Lives Matter, that's another thing that a lot of people don't understand. And this was such a great analogy in case you haven't heard it. Like Black Lives Matter is such an important topic because all lives can't matter unless Black Lives Matter. The analogy that somebody uses, if there is a block of houses and one house was burning, it was on fire. Would you hose down all the other houses on the street because all the houses matter? No, you're going to take the water to the house that is blatantly on fire and hose it down first. And so we need to take care to make sure that black lives are protected and valued. And so I'm standing with you today and always. And I hope that you, the creative listener, will do the same. Use your art too. I mean, my God, like use your voice, use your creativity, use your passion to make a difference. If you write poetry, if you write music, take the proceeds from a song and donate it. I'm actually, and I'm also planning on Sunday to do a concert and put a virtual tip dart and and donate all the proceeds to Black Lives Matter. So we have to do everything we possibly can to have the tough conversations, to get involved with. There's also an organization that I'm thinking of joining. I'm actually doing a Zoom orientation for it tomorrow. It's called White People for Black Lives. And it's exactly what it sounds like. And it's all remote. I mean, like there's so many resources for us right now that we can really make positive change right from our own homes which most of us are still quarantining in some fashion. So yeah, I'll let you know how that goes, but it sounds like a really cool and important organization to help mobilize change. And, you know, there's lots of ways to get involved, especially now that everything's virtual. It's, we really have no excuse. It's so easy. So I appreciate you. Thank you for listening. This stuff is um, heavy to talk about, but nothing could be heavier than the loss of human life for no reason other than the color of that human skin. We have to do better. We have to protect our fellow human being. And that starts with changing the hearts and minds of those who have continually undervalued black lives. So let's start. If you haven't already, I challenge you to start today. I love you. Please go to the link in my bio for all those amazing resources. And remember, creativity and imagination lead to empathy. And empathy leads to social change. I believe in you.